0: Hare Krishna. And <clears throat> so, how many queens did Krishna have in Dwarka? Sixteen thousand and eight. So, we came across only three, no? Huh? Rukmini, Sattvahama, Jampapati. Then Krishna went to Hastinapur. And that's the time he actually met Arjuna for the first time. And from that moment onward, from the time that they met, they became very, very attracted to each other. Arjuna became attracted to Krishna and Krishna became attracted to Arjuna. And they became very, very intimate friends. And one day Krishna and Arjuna just went out uh, traveling and they came to the bank of Jamuna and when they were there they saw one young girl extremely beautiful is performing austerities on the bank of Jamuna. So Krishna sent Arjuna to find out who she was and what she was doing. So Arjuna approached her and asked her who she was, and she mentioned that she is the daughter of sun god Sujadev. Her name was Kalindi. And so Arjuna asked, you are the daughter of Dev, and why are you here? What did you doing here? And she mentioned that this place is very auspicious. On the bank of Jamuna, what is that place? That's a nice forest. <laughs> Vrindavan. <laughs> and in Vrindavan, When one performs austerity desiring something, that desire becomes fulfilled. So Arjuna asked, so what did you desire that you are performing such severe austerity? She said, I desire something which is very, very rare to accomplish and that's why I came to this very special place and performing austerity. What is the desire? I want to get the supreme personality of Godhead as my husband. And Arjuna said, "Oh, that's I can. I see. I can understand your desire." So he went and reported to Krishna. Then Krishna said, okay, her desire has been fulfilled. I have come here to claim her. So that is how Krishna got married to his fourth wife, Kalindi. He took Kalindi to Dwarka and with great pomp and grandeur, the wedding ceremony took place. And then Krishna got to know about one princess who was extremely beautiful and endowed with all kinds of wonderful qualities. So <clears throat> naturally those days when a beautiful princess who became, got, got to the marriageable age, many kings and princes became attracted to her. And this her father actually knew that she is a very unusual girl. He knew that his daughter is unusual. Because uh, who, is, who she was actually. She was Lakshmi Devi herself. So who can be offered to Lakshmi Devi too? Only to Krishna, only to Narayan. So her father recognizing the fact that she is unusual personality, maybe the Goddess of Fortune herself, her father <coughs> made an unusual arrangement to select her husband. Her father had seven extremely ferocious and extremely powerful bulls, seven of them. And these bulls were so powerful that one bull alone could deal with hundred warriors. And so her father made a condition that anyone who can subdue the seven bulls could get his daughter, whose name was Nagnajiti. She had another name, Satya. So her father made this arrangement and many kings and many princes came powerful individuals but many of them uh, gave their lives that is the life of a kshatriya the kshatriyas you know, when they would want something in order to get that they would even give their lives and the understanding is that when a Kshatriya dies fighting, he goes to heavenly planet. Therefore the Kshatriyas in the Vedic time were not afraid of death because they knew as Krishna also mentioned in Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna, if you win then you will enjoy this earth. And if you die in this battle, you will enjoy the heavenly planet. So what is the loss? So that is the life of a Kshatriya. So many Kshatriyas uh, wanting to marry a beautiful girl uh, gave their lives to this pulse. Many broke their arms and legs. became hospitalized. (laughs) For a long, long time they became crippled. So Krishna got to know about that. So Krishna came to this kingdom. The father was, the king was very, very happy to receive Krishna and then Krishna expressed his desire that he wanted to marry his daughter. He said, yes, I will be very happy to have you as my son-in-law, but actually there is a condition that I have stipulated that anyone who wins to one the hands of my daughter must first subdue the seven bulls. And he told him about those bulls. They are extremely powerful and extremely ferocious. Krishna says, don't worry, I don't mind facing those. The father said, "Look, many kings have died. So, don't worry. <laughs> I'll. I can deal. What to speak of seven? I can deal with seven billions. Both. <laughs> That's my version. <laughs> so then." Krishna went to the arena, the bulls were released, the bulls came charging towards Krishna. Then immediately Krishna expanded himself into seven different Krishnas and very easily he subdued all those bulls, seven bulls. And then he put a rope through the nose, that's how you tame a bull. If you get the bull by the nose, then it cannot do anything. So, so he put, got the seven bulls and brought them to the king. It has been described just as a child brings seven baby goats. Tied up in strings, Krishna brought those seven bulls uh, to King Nagmajit. And Nagmajit was very happy to offer his daughter. And in this respect, Sridhar Swami actually made a comment that not only Krishna's expanded himself into seven forms to deal with these seven bulls. But Krishna could also understand that Nagnajiti, the princess, had some concern in her mind that Krishna already has so many wives and how will he deal with me, like will I be just one of those neglected ones? And that's why Krishna assured her by expanding himself in seven forms that don't worry, I'll expand myself into many many forms to deal with all my wives. Then Krishna heard about another beautiful girl, another beautiful prince from a very special kingdom called (laughs) Avantipur. So the father of the girl was very happy to hear that Krishna wanted to marry his daughter. But her brothers were uh, opposed to that idea. They were friends of Durjathan and they were allies with the demons. Their names were Binda and Anuvinda. So they were opposed to this and they like Rukmi wanted to get her married to some other demoniac king. But Krishna came and stole that girl, took her away. All the kings gave the, gave a fight, tried to stopping him. But Krishna defeated all of them and took this girl to Dwarka and made her his queen, one of his queens and that was Mitravinda. <clears throat> then another girl that Krishna, Got married, another prince was Bhadra. In Srimad Bhagavatam, this Bhadra's episode has been mentioned very briefly, but in some Puran there is a detailed description of that. That Bhadra's father also wanted to have someone very special to marry his daughter. So he made an arrangement like the arrangement King Drupad made for Draupadi's marriage. There was this, uh, a fish were kept eye high up and there was a disc that was rotating. And the disc had one hole and one had to hit the target, the fish passing the arrow through the hole which was moving in an eccentric way, looking down on the reflection on a plate of water. Now this one had, the the fish was not even visible, only in the reflection the fish was visible. But otherwise up there the fish was not visible. Many kings came, many of them couldn't even string the bow. Those who could string the bow, they could not uh, hit the target no matter how big, or how uh, valiant, how expert they were in archery. But Krishna came and he hit the target and that is how Krishna won the hands of Bhadra. How many we got? Did you keep count? Very good. And then the daughter of the king of Madras, South India, Madra Raj. Uh, it's a pity that the name Madras has changed. It's actually the traditional name. Uh, they kept the name Chennai. <laughs> Sounds so silly to begin with. <laughs> so, <clears throat> the king of Madhya uh, had a daughter called Lakshmana. She was an extremely beautiful girl. And her father wanted that Krishna should be his son-in-law. And so he made the arrangement, he invited Krishna and got him married to him. But even then, although he was invited by the other kings who were envious and eager to win Lakshmana because as I mentioned that the kings are always attracted to beautiful princesses. So they came and they gave a fight. They tried to stop Krishna and take away the bride. But Krishna fought with them and defeated all of them and brought Lakshmana to Dwarka and got married there. So in this way Krishna got married to eight principal queens. Now here we need to remember that as Krishna expands, Krishna's consorts, uh, Krishna's pleasure potency also expands. Like in Vrindavan, who is Krishna in in Vrindavan? In Vrindavan, Krishna is the original Supreme Personality of Godhead. The the Supreme Personality of Godhead resides in Vrindavan. And there he has his eight uh, principal gopis, headed by Srimati Radharani. And when Krishna expanded himself into Basudev, uh, then these eight go- principal gopis came as uh, the eight principal queens. And there were, <coughs> you know, Krishna danced with 16,000 gopis. So all those 16,000 gopis also expanded and became the queens of Krishna in Vrindavan, uh-uh, Dwarka. In Vrindavan, they are the gopis, in Dwarka, they are mohishis. Mohishis means queens. The principal queens of Vrindavan uh, are these eight personalities. So, <clears throat> then one day, Indra came to Krishna and told him that one demon called Narukasura, he has become such a disturbance that he stole the earrings of mother Aditi. Aditi is the mother of the demigods in heaven. Because the demigods are Aditi's sons, therefore they are known as Adityas. Adityas. So and then he also stole the umbrella of Varuna and he also stole the playground of the demigods on top of Mandar Mountain. So <clears throat> And Indra said that we can't deal with him, he is so powerful that we can't deal with him. So please do something about that. Then Krishna called Garura and took Satvama and went to Praga which is Praga Jatishpur is today's Assam, And there his kingdom was actually uh, protected or covered by a mystic net that nobody could penetrate. So it is called Mura Pahasha. But Krishna with his sword, he cut that mystic spell, entered into the city. And the city was protected by a demon called Mura Demon. He had five heads, extremely powerful. So he attacked Krishna. So he attacked Krishna with his mess and then uh, he fought. He first tried to strike Garuda, uh, but when he struck Garuda with his mess, Garuda did not even feel anything. That is how powerful Garura is. You know how powerful Garura is? Just to give an example, when the demigods and demons, devas and danavas, decided to churn the milk ocean, then they decided to make the Mandar mountain as the churning rod. And they uprooted Mangar Mountain and they were carrying it to the milk ocean. And after carrying it for some distance, it was so heavy, they were jointly, all the demigods and all the demons were carrying it. But they dropped it. And many demons and many demigods died being crushed by that. So when their endeavor was foiled in this way, then the Lord came riding on Garura and with his left hand he picked up the mountain, placed it on Garura's back and Garura flew to the milk ocean. So that is how powerful Garura is. Or in one hand we can say that is how powerful one becomes when one becomes empowered by the Lord. Not that Lord Himself is powerful, but His assistants, His servants, His devotees also become extremely powerful by the mercy of the Lord. So <clears throat> He came uh, with Garuda. although He struck Garuda, but nothing happened to Garuda. But the Lord playfully fought with him. That is what the Lord does with the demons. Uh, This is how the Lord experiences one mellow called Virarasa, Virarasa, the mellow of chivalry. You know why Uh, Jai and Vijay came as, uh, here are three sets of demons. Because in Vaikuntha the Lord could not experience Virarasa. Therefore, uh, they were desiring that oh, in Vaikuntha here the Lord doesn't experience Virarasa. We wish that we could give him a chance to experience that mellow, the mellow of chivalry, which is experienced through fighting. But in Vaikuntha nobody fights with the Lord. So that was the principal cause of Jai and Vijay becoming demons. They desired and then the four Kumaras came, cursed them and then they were cursed that uh, they will go to the earth planet, they will go to the material nature and then they will become enemies to the Lord. So we can see that it is actually Lord's divine arrangement that the demons fight with Him. And fighting with the demons, the Lord experiences a mellow of, the mellow of chivalry or Virarasa. So (coughs) Mura demon also fought with Krishna for a long time. Then finally Krishna cut his head off with his chakra. Then uh, Narakasura became very very angry that one of his chief associates been killed by an intruder. So he sent his army to fight with him. Krishna uh, took care of them also. Then Narakasura himself came to fight and they fought for a long, long time. The Lord fought with Narakasura for a long time. Narakasura was extremely powerful. And who was Narakasura actually? Narakasura was the son of Bhumi Devi, Bhu Devi, Mother Earth. When Barahadev appeared and rescued Mother Earth, do you remember that? Mother Earth, Dharani or Bhudevi fell in the nether region and Barahadev rescued Mother Earth and as a result of the Lord's Association, Mother Earth gave birth to this Naraka Sura. He was the demon. Mother Earth knew that he would become an enemy towards the Lord. Therefore Mother Earth asked the Lord for one benediction that he would not kill Narakasura, her son, without her permission, without her approval. So, she thought that this is how she would actually protect her son. Because her son, she knew, would become a miscreant. And the Lord would probably kill him. But uh, she wanted to protect him and made this condition. And that is why Krishna took Satta Bhama with him. Who is Satta Bhama? Shri Devi, Bhudevi, huh? right? Krishna's two, expand, uh, two concerts, Shri Devi is Lakshmi, Rukmini. Bhudevi is Satubhama. So when the fight was going on, and then Narakasura released one weapon which was invincible. Of course, it's Lord's pastimes, nothing can actually subdue the Lord. But Sattvaama seeing that, cried out, kill him, kill him, don't spare any more time. And then Krishna chopped his head off. So remember, the condition was that without her permission, she would not kill, and that is why when Sattvahama said kill him, kill him, Krishna got the permission and killed him. <laughs> now <clears throat> this Narakasura kept 16,000 princesses in his prison. and. So, Krishna then released all those 16,000 princesses. And they were, when they saw Krishna, they were struck with with appreciation for His beauty, for His valor, and they not only, they not only Thanked him for rescuing them, but they came to Krishna with an appeal: "That my Lord, we had been imprisoned by this demon. He stole us and he kept us in captivity. So no one will marry us. That sounds So hari Hari Krishna, is it all right? Okay, now it's better." So, they appealed that please just consider that no one will marry us, because everyone will consider that we are contaminated and now you are the supreme shelter and you have saved us, now please accept us, otherwise uh, no one will accept us unless you do. So Krishna then accepted this 16,000 queens, 16,000 princesses were captivated by Narakasura and married them, that is how God, Krishna got 16,000 uh, queens. Narad Muni became curious when he got to know that Krishna got married to 16,000 queens. Eight is understandable. <laughs> 16,000. So he wanted to see <coughs> how Krishna is dealing with this 16,000 queens. So Narad Muni came to Dwarka. And he saw that for 16,000 queens, Krishna has created 16,000 palaces. All the palaces are equally opulent. And then first he went to Rukmini's palace. It was in the morning when the roosters started to.
1: Uh,
0: what do you call it? the When the cocks crow, crow. And Rukmini Devi was quite disturbed. Oh, see, the cock started to. Crow. and. Now Krishna will wake up and I will be deprived of His association. Uh, All this while Krishna was with me, but now He will wake up and we will be separated. Krishna got up, Krishna, just sitting on His bed, He was meditating. He was meditating on whom? He was meditating on Himself. And in this way Krishna is actually teaching us how we should actually start our day. Krishna was uh, meditating uh, and He offered uh, His prayers to Sun God and this is how Krishna is actually establishing the proper standard. And then Krishna went, took His bath and then He did His puja of Narayan. (laughs) And then Narad Muni went to some other palace, there He saw that Krishna is playing with His sons. In some other palaces, Krishna just took His bath and he is dressing himself. In some other palace Krishna was taking his breakfast and in this way, Muni saw <coughs> Krishna uh, expanding into that many forms and dealing with all the queens. So this is how Krishna per- per- performs his wonderful pastimes. So <coughs> So then Krishna gave birth to one son through Rukmini. His name is Pradumna. Pradumna was actually Kamdev in English who is identified as Cupid. But it is not exactly the same. The concept may be similar. Cupid is shown in the Western culture as a little, uh, little boy, little child, he also has bow and arrow, uh, but that is those arrows are the arrows that cause lusty desires in living entities. So, Karmadev actually uh, was burnt to ashes by Lord Shiva's glance. It so happened that one demon, (coughs) a demon called Tarukasura uh, attacked the demigods in heaven and he was so powerful that the demigods couldn't deal with him. So They went to Lord Brahma and asked, look, you have given your benediction to this demon and he became so powerful that we can't deal with him anymore. So please tell me what you can, tell us what we can do, what we should do. Then Brahma said that if a son is born (coughs) with the potency of Lord Shiva, If a son is born with the potency of Lord Shiva, that means if a son is born out of Lord Shiva, then uh, he can actually defeat Tarukasura. Now Lord Shiva was completely lost in his meditation. Who is Lord Shiva meditating upon? Shankarshan, Balaram. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So Lord Shiva was uh, completely absorbed in his meditation. So in order to get Lord Shiva married, there had to be, uh, uh, he had to come out of his meditation, come out of his trance. Now, how to break his trance and arouse lusty desires? The only person who could do that is Kamdev, Cupid. So they approached, the demigods approached Kamdev and Kamdev said, not me. I will break Lord Shiva's meditation and he will be so angry and, and that will be the end of me. The demigods assured him, don't worry, don't worry, we will give you the support. We will be there to protect you. <clears throat> so being assured by them and persuaded. Kamdev finally agreed to go there, where Lord Shiva was meditating in Mount Kailash. And what did Lord, what did Kamdev do? He had five arrows uh, made of flowers uh, from a bow of uh, flowers. So, uh, he hit Lord Shiva with those bows. The first one, Lord Shiva just <laughs> shook his body a little. Second one, he became even more aware. In this way, when the fifth bow hit him, fifth arrow hit him, he opened his eyes. But his eyes was full of anger. Who dared to break my meditation in this way? And his plants fell on Kamdev, uh, last personified. and he got burned to ashes immediately. So this is how kamdev has another name, Ananga. Ananga means uh, one who doesn't have anger or body, one who is without a body. So, <clears throat> this is how Ananga uh, lost his body and this Kamdev uh, was born as the son of Rukmini. Now there was a demon called Sambarasura and Sambarasura got to know from Narad Muni, that Krishna's son Pradumna will kill him. He actually asked Narad Muni when he came, Narad Muni was traveling, he came across Narad Muni and he asked Narad Muni, can you please tell me whether somebody will be able to kill me? He said here for a long time you'll be invincible, but when Krishna comes and He'll have a son whose name is, whose name will be Pradhumna, and he will be the one who will kill you. So Sambara Sura was waiting, uh, and he saw Krishna came to this planet. Krishna got married. Krishna gave birth to a son. What's his name? Praddumna. So he decided, this is the one who is going to kill me, okay? So what do the demons try to do? Uh, They want to prevent, they try to prevent their death by hook or by crook. Most of the time, most of the time by crook. (laughs) So, he when Pradyumna was born, when Pradyumna was just six days old. Uh, Bhagavatam here says that before he was ten days old. But uh, our previous Acharya, Shridhar Swami commented in his commentary that uh, at that time, Pradyumna was six days old. Bhagavatam said when he was not even ten days old. But he makes it more precise in his description that when he was only six days old, he stole the baby. Now see the amazing thing, like the Lord comes and performs His pastimes, but often these pastimes are apparently so painful, Hmm. apparently so painful. Now, this is how we can see that this is how the Lord actually teaches us. That no matter how painful the situation is, don't worry about it. Because eventually everything will become auspicious. For the time being something may be difficult, but do not become overwhelmed with those difficulties. So in this way He Uh, So, we can see these pastimes, uh, his firstborn got stolen by a demon. How will you feel, mothers, if your child got stolen by somebody? Uh, I mean, it would be extremely uh, devastating. So we can see the condition of Rukmini at that time. Uh, She is the queen of Krishna, but she is suffering in this way. Uh, Therefore, uh, Krishna is teaching us uh, that do not be worried about the suffering condition. Look what I face. And actually Krishna himself went through all kinds of inconceivable situations. Uh, Like if you look at it, uh, a normal child is born under so much care and uh, and so much care and attention uh, goes to a mother goes to a nursing home, or those days uh, the the midwives used to come and uh, all kinds of wonderful arrangements used to make for the childbirth. But when the Lord came. Uh, His mother gave birth to Him in a prison when nobody was attending Him, attending Her. So this is how the Lord is actually teaching us. Don't worry about the material condition, material difficulties. Because the material nature is a place of suffering. So be prepared to suffer when you are here. Uh, and <clears throat> we'll come on to another situation later on. Uh, a question Pariksit Maharaj asked, very pertinent question actually. He asked Sukadeva Goswami Krishna is the husband of Lakshmi Devi, Krishna is the source of all the wealth. Uh, Krishna is a supreme proprietor and supreme enjoyer. Whereas Lord Shiva does not even have a place to stay. He doesn't even have clothes to wear. Not that he doesn't have a place to stay or he doesn't have clothes to wear because he is so detached that he's totally unconcerned about all those. But how come Krishna's devotees are poor and Shiva's devotees are opulent. Isn't it quite a pertinent question? Now don't get worried. (laughs) Don't get into anxiety. Oh my God, (laughs) will I become poor? (laughs) uh, Better to become a devotee of Lord Shiva. Anyway, I will deal with that question afterwards, it'll come. So uh, uh, so see, Rukmini, the principal queen of Krishna, the first child is born, and that child is stolen away by a demon. And Sambaras who took that child and through the child through the baby in the ocean and uh, sambarasu thought okay now he'll die and he went away but a big fish swallowed that baby and although the fish swallowed the baby the Baby didn't die because he was Krishna's son. A fisherman caught that fish and it was a prize catch. You can well imagine the fish that can swallow a baby like that, how big the fish must have been. Uh, So the fisherman decided that this fish is a right gift to Sambharasura, the king. so he, with great uh, jubilation, <laughs> awarded this fish and someone else we was happy to see wow, oh, big fish, uh, a big feast. <laughs> <And clears throat> then he gave it to his head cook uh, to cook that fish. So head cook took that fish to his uh, kitchen and as he cut open the belly of the fish he found a baby and the baby was still alive. So, there was an assistant in the kitchen who is to cook sabji and rice for Sambarasura. Her name was Mayavati. So, the head cook gave this baby to Mayavati, said, You please rear this child. I have got some nice gift for you. So, <clears throat> Mayavati actually is Kandarpa or Kamdev's wife, Roti. After Kamdev uh, lost his body due to Shiva's, Lord Shiva's angry glance. So, Mayavati actually came and uh, took this service as Sambarasura's uh, kitchen maid. So, Mayavati st- started to take care of the baby. And just from the very sight, from the very first glad sight, she felt, she had a feeling, that this is my husband. Although a baby, uh, she had a feeling. Uh, it, ha- it happens. Uh, for example, once I was with my one of my God brothers <clears throat> and we were talking about Śrīla Prabhupāda. And then God brother told me, you know, even if I meet Prabhupāda in another form, I will be able to recognize Him. Because the feeling that I used to get whenever I used to go close to Śrīla Prabhupāda, I know that feeling will indicate that this person is Śrīla Prabhupāda. And it was so true, because I also felt the same thing when he said that, that when I also uh, went to Śrīla Prabhupāda or be around Śrīla Prabhupāda, there was a certain feeling in the heart, an unusual feeling which I never felt before towards anyone. Uh, it's an unique feeling, an unusual feeling. And when he told me that, it just occurred to me uh, how true it is. So even though Prabhupada may come in another form, uh, I'll be able to recognize Sri Prabhupada. Because that feeling will indicate that it is him. And in a way, anyway, I am admitting it frankly as I am talking to you all. Like even when I, nowadays when I dream about Srta. Prabhupada, the same feeling comes back, even in dreams. Anyway, so from that I can understand what this means when it is described that Rati, just by seeing the child, recognized that this is her husband and she started to rear the child. And in a very short time the child uh, assumed its youth. And when the child became youth, then Rati uh, started to deal with him as a lover. So Kandarpa Pradhumana asked her that you are my mother now why are you appro- approaching me and dealing with me in this way? So then she admitted, she said, actually uh, you are the son of Krishna and Rukmini. And this is what happened. This Sambharasura, knowing that you are his arch enemy, you are going to kill him, he threw you in the ocean. And a fish swallowed you and this fish was caught by a fisherman, presented to Sambarasura and when it was brought to the kitchen by the head cook and cut open its belly, you came out from there. But actually you're my, I am your wife, I am Rati, you are Kamdev. Uh, who were burnt to ashes by Lord Shiva's glance. Now you have appeared as the son of Krishna Pradumna. Now kill this Sambharasura because it's destined that you will kill him. Sumayavati so uh, then taught Pradumna. A mystic mantra called Mahamaya and told him that sura knows all mystic magics. Therefore it is difficult to fight with him. Because sometimes he appears, sometimes he disappears, sometimes so with his mystic spell he completely bewilders the opponent and kills him. But this mantra, this Mahamaya mantra uh, will destroy his magic spell. And then he will have to fight with you face to face and then uh, you mm, kill him with this. She gave the weapon called Pasham Kusha. With this weapon you cut his head off. So Pradhana then went and challenged sambharasura Samarasura was quite surprised. Why are you attacking me? Why are you challenging me? Then he said that I am the one whom you threw in the ocean. So when you dealt with me, when I was an innocent newborn baby, then what kind of a behavior do you expect from me? And Samarasura was telling that you have been brought, brought up with my, uh, my food eating my food. So instead of being grateful to me, you are just becoming inimical towards me. So then Pradhumna told him that you called me, uh, you asked me to be grateful when you threw me in the water, ocean, uh, when I was just a newborn baby, stole you from my parents house. So here I am, I am going to take care of you. So true to uh, Mayavati's words, Sambharasura started to display all kinds of mystic power, magic spells. He was fighting, fighting and then uh, when he cornered Sambharasura, just disappeared. And then he appeared all of a sudden from his back. And then he saw there were many, many suras And he didn't know which one is which one, which one is the real one. Uh, So he was actually, Pradhoona was completely bewildered at that time. I mean seeing all his mystic display. So then, uh, Mayavati cried out, My Lord, I told you to use this Mahamaya Mantra. Then Pradhoona came back to his senses and he started to chant the Mahamaya Mantra and Sambarasura's magic spell uh, disappeared and he saw, saw Sura and they fought and with that Pashankusha weapon he chopped his head off then Sambarasura <coughs> killing Sambarasura Pradyumna and, and Mayavati, Rati came back to Dwarka. When a Pradumna arrived, the ladies thought that Krishna came, because he looked just like Krishna. But when Rukmini saw, He immediately felt her breasts became filled with milk and they started to drip. With Actually, this is what happens. You know what milk actually is? Milk is the mother's affection. This affection of the mother for the child transforms her blood into milk. The natural affection that the mother feels for the baby uh, turns into milk. So, <clears throat> um, Sambarasura, I uh, am um, sorry uh, after killing Sambarasura, Pradyumna in this way arrived and Rukmini uh, found back, found her lost son. And, but still she didn't know who, to, who it was. So then Krishna arrived there and then Krishna told everyone the whole story, what happened. And Rukmini was so happy to get her lost son back. Uh, for all these years uh, she was crying and crying for her firstborn, And now by Krishna's mercy, he came back. So So in a similar note I can also relate another story. Should I tell another story or keep it and take some questions? Another story, story. (laughs) okay. (laughs) There was a demon called Vanasura. Vanasura was a devotee of Lord Shiva and he had a thousand hands. And once when Lord Shiva was dancing, Vanasura with his thousand hands were playing 500 bridangas in Lord Shiva's dance. So Lord Shiva became so pleased with Him that He blessed Him. He wanted to give Him some benediction. So Banasura said that if you want to give me any benediction, then please protect my city that nobody can ever come there to attack me. And in this way, I want to be protected by you. So <clears throat> Lord Shiva said, fine, I will protect you, my devotee. And Banasura's capital was Shonitpur. In a way this name is quite befitting. You know the word meaning of the word Shonit? shanit means blood. So it is the city of blood. A perfect place for a demon to reside. <laughs> so, Vanasura had an extremely beautiful daughter. Her name was Usha. And Usha huh, started to dream started to associate with one handsome young prince, who would come to his, her dream time and time again. So one day, uh, while dreaming she just woke up. And even in that wakeful state, she, started, she continued to converse with him. And then she found that she was, she came to her senses and she saw that she was surrounded by her maidservants and all. So she felt extremely embarrassed. But her friend Chitralekha, the daughter of the chief minister of the king, asked in private, that look Usha, It seems that you are meeting somebody in your dream. Who is that person? So then Usha confided, Yes, I do meet somebody in my dream and uh, that person is uh, extremely beautiful and he is so, not only so handsome but he is so caring, he is so loving and he treats me with such uh, love and care that I don't know how, although he is coming to my dream, but I do not know how I am going to live without him. So then Chitralekha said, let me see uh, if I can find him. So, Chitralaka also was a great painter and she had mystic power. So, she started to paint different important personalities in in all three worlds and showing Usha, is this the person? Usha, is this the person? One after another, she would paint uh, different uh, luminaries of the this universe, and uh, but Usha would say, No, not this one, not this one, not this one. But then uh, Chitralekha paint, paint, painted Krishna's grandson, Aniruddha, and when he showed Aniruddha's picture to Usha. Ushu said, Yes, that's it. <laughs> so, <clears throat> Chitralekha said, Look, I am your friend. so I'll help you to meet this person. Saying that, Chitralekha that night, she flew all the way to Dwarka. And when Aniruddha was sleeping, In his sleep she brought him to Svanitpur, to the palace of Vana uh, where uh, Usha was. So in this way Usha and Aniruddha met in uh, the inner chamber where only the women can enter. In the Vedic culture the royal palaces Had this area where the ladies lived, no man could enter. Uh. That reminds me not only in the Vedic culture, even in Islamic culture also they had this. Uh. Like uh, in Istanbul there is a palace called Topkapi, which is a very famous palace, huge. And in Topkapi there is one area which is meant only for women and when i visited that place i remembered that in the vedic culture also is the same like the area where no men no man was allowed so that is called andar mahal the inner chamber inner sanctum and <clears throat> so He he was the only man there and associating in private in Usha's inner chamber. Even the maidservants of Usha could not uh, detect that Aniruddha was there. Only Chitralekha knew hmm, that Aniruddha was there with Usha. And in course of time, the maidservants started to notice the symptom of uh, uh, conjugal relationship in the body of Usha. So they became worried that how oh, she is here, she uh, no man is allowed here, then how come she is developing these symptoms. So, they reported to the Queen Mother. So Queen Mother also came and she also saw that uh, or their suspicion was appropriate. So she reported to the King. So Banasura immediately came out and when he came to Usha's Chamber, Usha's area of residence, he found that Usha is playing dice with a boy, with a man. So he was furious and he told his guards, bodyguards, kill him. So in that inner part of the lady's chamber, (laughs) there was no weapon so aniruddha could just get hold of one iron rod and just picking up that iron rod he wiped out all the bodyguards of banasura and <clears throat> then banasura became furious so he f- fought with aniruddha And he also couldn't subdue Aniruddha, Aniruddha was so powerful. Naturally, Krishna's grandson, that means Krishna's own expansion. So then he used Nagpash, the snake bond, and with that he captured Aniruddha and put him in prison. So the residents of Dwarka, the residents of uh, the palace became very worried that Aniruddha is missing. Mm. So they got very worried what happened, what happened. Previously already had experienced Pradumna's disappearance and now Aniruddha also disappeared. What happened? So then Narad Muni came and reported that this Vanasura has captured Aniruddha and put him in prison. So hearing that Krishna became furious. He said, how dare he put my grandson into prison. So he immediately wanted to go there and attack. So Balaram also joined him with the army. And. Uh, As I said, Sanipura was being protected by Lord Shiva and his associates. So, Lord Shiva came with his entourage Kartikeya, Ganesha, Bhutas, and Pretas, and Pishachas, (laughs) and a terrible fight ensued. But Lord Shiva was defeated. Then Banasura came out himself to fight. And when this battle was going on, Balaram was dealing with Lord Shiva, Krishna was dealing with Banasura, and then at one point Krishna released his Sudarshan Chakra. And Sudarshan Chakra kept on chopping Banasura's hands. How many hands he had? One thousand hands. And when uh, Krishna chopped off uh, 996 arms of Banasura, Lord Shiva fell at Krishna's feet. And begged uh, his disciples, his devotees, life. And He said, please spare just these four hands, let him have these four hands and let him survive. And Krishna uh, agreed and then Lord Shiva was very, very lamenting, he said that, My Lord, uh, like often I forget who You are. And forgetting your identity, I even dare to fight with you, thinking that I am the greatest. So please forgive me. So this is how huh? Aniruddha and Ushna, Aniruddha was rescued. Then Vanasura happily offered his daughter to Aniruddha and in this way, Aniruddha got married. To ocean and this these are the wonderful activities of krishna and his family members in dwarka hare krishna so i'll take a few questions and then we can have a little kirtan before we end Oh, okay, I will tell tomorrow, (laughs) yeah, oh you are going tomorrow, then you have to stay. (laughs) You have to go tomorrow? Now this mic also is working. <laughs> you have to go tomorrow. Yeah? Okay, I'll tell you the story. This is coming at the later part of Bhagavatam. That's why I was just trying to go in, uh, in order sequence. As I mentioned, Parikshit Maharaj asked Sukadeva Goswami this question, that why Vishnu or Krishna's devotees are apparently poverty-stricken, Well, Krishna is hmm, the source of all wealth, Hmm. whereas Lord Shiva, He is apparently has nothing. Whereas His devotees are so opulent. So in response to that Sukadeva Goswami mentioned that yes, Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead. He he possesses everything. Mm. Lakshmi Devi is His eternal consort, He is the source of all wealth. But Krishna's devotees, because they are not interested in material things, they don't want anything material. Hmm. The devotees of Krishna do not want to enjoy in the material nature. They want only Krishna and service to Krishna. And they derive their joy by serving Krishna. Whereas Lord Shiva is the source of false ego and Lord Shiva is the controller of different elements of this material nature. Hmm. Therefore those who want material things, they approach Lord Shiva. Another thing is, (coughs) why Lord Shiva is devoid of any opulence. Because Lord Shiva is a devotee of Krishna. That's why being a devotee of Krishna, he doesn't want anything material. Hmm. But because he is the controller of false ego which is the source of the elements. Therefore, those who want to enjoy those material things, they tend to worship Lord Shiva, because their goal is that. And because Lord Shiva is a devotee of Krishna, ah, Bansha Kalpa Tarup Bhascha, ah, Kripa Sindhu vacha, devotees are Banja kalpataru. Whenever somebody approaches a devotee with some desire, he fulfills that desire like a desire tree. So therefore, Lord Shiva is Ashutosh. Lord Shiva is very quickly pleased because he is a devotee of the Lord. So the demons often take advantage of it. Because they have their agenda to fulfill. And the best way to fulfill the agenda is getting the boon from Lord Shiva, benediction from Lord Shiva, because he's so quickly uh, pleased. So uh, now you understand uh, why Lord Shiva's devotees uh, are apparently opulent and Krishna's devotees are not. Because Krishna's devotee's goal is not here in this material nature. Their goal is Krishna's lotus feet. And in this context Sukadeva Goswami narrated narrated one incident. Hmm. He said there was a demon called Brikasura. Hmm. Brikasura was a devotee of Lord Shiva so-called devotee. Uh, Like, uh, and he started to cut his own flesh and offering it to the sacrificial fire to please Lord Shiva. Om Namah Shivaya Om Namah Shivaya cutting his own flesh and offering. Lord Shiva didn't come. Probably he was disgusted. <laughs> what this guy is doing? <laughs> but finally when he was about to chop off his head and offer it to the sacrificial fire, Lord Shiva couldn't help it. He just came and said, Stop, stop, don't cut your head. Tell me what you want. <laughs> so. Uh, Brikasura said that give me the boon Lord Shiva said ask me whatever you want tell me, tell me quickly so he said give me the boon that whosoever I would place my hand on his head his head would crack in thousand pieces and he would die Lord Shiva says granted So, Brikarsuja said, yeah, true. Lord Shiva said, yes, why are you doubting my boon? Yes, I mean, let me see whether it works. (laughs) So, he wanted to put his hand on Lord Shiva's head to check it out. And now Lord Shiva was in trouble. So he ran from there and Vrikasura also ran after him. So Lord Shiva went to all different places but Brikasura was chasing him wherever he went. Seeing his condition, uh, Narayan became uh, concerned. Look, uh, Shiva just grants all these boons that causes him so much distress. So he appeared there, the he appeared there as a little boy. And he asked Brikasura, Hey Brikasura, why are you running like this? What happened? You look so tired and in such anxiety. Tell me what happened. So Brikasura said, See, Shiva gave me this boon. And when I wanted to taste it out on him, he ran away. So I am just trying to chase him and get him. So <coughs> that little boy said, Shiva gave you a boon, are you sure? You don't know that since he had been cursed by Daksha, that he lost his potency to give any boon? that leads to another story. <laughs> so, he said, no, I don't know. He said, look, Shiva doesn't have any power to give any bone. And of course, the Lord was using his Jogomaya uh, illusory potency. And he told him uh, that, see yourself, put your hand on your head and see.
1: <laughs>
0: and his head cracked into thousand pieces and he was dead. So the so-called devotees of Lord Shiva get different types of boons from him, but eventually that boon becomes the cause of their own destruction. Like you can see, Ravana, Kamsa, uh, they all got the boon from Lord Shiva. Mm. But ultimately, what happened?
1: For the time
0: being, they displayed power and uh, opulence, but eventually, they were they were destroyed by the Lord. So, what is a better proposal? Mm, to get some momentary pleasure in this material nature and then be destroyed or uh, become free from material attachment by developing your attachment to Krishna and attain eternal life. You know the answer. Thank you very much. All glories to Śrīla Prabhupāda. So there is a question from Krishna Das. Where is Krishna Das? Is this from you? Oh, another Krishna Das anyway. Oh Sam Krishna Das. Where is Samshundar? Okay. <coughs> <coughs> Maharaj Dandavat Pranam, please accept my humble obeisances. Maharaj you said Satubhama was expansion of Radharani, but now you said expansion of Bhudevi. How do we understand an uh, individual? Is it individual to be an expansion of two individuals? No, Radharani is the origin of Bhu Devi. Krishna has three different potencies Shri, Bhu, and Nila, uh, Shri is Lakshmi, and Bhudevi uh, is so. Shri, Bhudevi, Radharani is expanding from Radharani expands Bhudevi, and from Chandravali expands the Shri aspect. In South India, we'll see there are two like two uh, potencies of Krishna and two sides. One on left hand side, one on right hand side. Hmm. So, Radhara, Okay, in simple words, Radharani is the expansion of Sattubhama, and I'm sorry, uh, Sattubhama is an expansion of Radharani. Bhudevi is an expansion of Sattubhama. All right so it's not any contradiction this personalities are ex- origin of expansion and ultimately radharani is the origin of everything all krishna's expansion the potencies she is radharani and then she expands in chandravali it's her expansion only huh? and all the gopis in Vrindavan are coming from Shrimati Radharani. She <coughs> Hare Krishna Das. Okay. Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj Pranam. Thank you very much. As we have heard Krishna consciousness, philosophy, many times I have gathered knowledge, but that knowledge is not becoming transformed into our actions or life is not 100% molded accordingly, according to instructions of Krishna or Guru. So what is the reason for this and how can one transform knowledge into realization? Hmm. Well, See, ultimately you have to hmm, act. The first aspect of action is in practice and that practice will bring perfection. So you are actually saying that how am I going to ride a bicycle, what did you have to do? First you have to practice. But then, while practicing, one day you found that you could balance on the bicycle. Right? It came and you started to ride. So similarly, practice will lead to perfection. And, as you said, the knowledge will be transformed then into realization. Whose question is this one? Okay. <clears throat> like Indra, is Jama also a position? Yes. Jama's position is is the uh, he is the chief justice. Right. The supreme judge, and he judges everyone. It's a position. Uh, as your divine grace mentioned in morning session, that Lord Krishna visited Jamapuri and gave audience to Jamraj, and as per scriptures, we get information that during that time Jamraj took birth as Vidura. Due to the curse of sage, we have to understand that that when that kind of situation happens, he expands, an expansion comes, or he hands over the responsibility to some qualified person, right? Just like when you get a get go to a vacation, you appoint someone as your departments to take care, right? Uh, yeah, Mandukomani Arjama, the son of Aditi and Kashyapa, was acting as Jama. Yeah, as you said. So is Arjama a Mahajan uh, among twelve authorities, or everyone who holds that position is considered Mahajan? Uh, again, you know, it's not the position that makes one into a devotee. It is one's attitude towards Krishna that makes one devotee. <clears throat> this question is from Vinith Das. Oh, okay. Oh, so this is from the same question. Please accept my humble abyss. Okay. When the modern, when the Mandara mountain was dropped, how come some demigods also died, don't, uh, they never die and just fall down? Uh, Well, the principal demigods don't die, but death means leaving the body. Uh, So at that time we have to understand that the some demigods they left their body, uh, the demigod body that they had. They lost it. How should the was that? How should the study of, the prayer. Oh, study of prayer verses of the Srimad Bhagavatam differ from that of the study of other verses? Well, Bhagavatam is giving the highest information, but it is giving those information in a concise way. Uh, Bhagavatam actually is not going to details. Uh, We find some details in other scriptures, Hmm. in collaboration with Srimad Bhagavatam. Like purans are one source like that. Not that all Puranas, but in different Puranas at different sections, you get more elaborate descriptions. And uh, there are some Samhitas also, like Garga Samhita. Garga Samhita is giving the detailed descriptions of or elaboration of Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, special the 10th canto. Yeah? For example, there is a section canto, there is Hansa
1: Bolya. there
0: are prayers. So, if I am reading that verse in which Darshima is talking prayers, what should I do? What should I do? In that Pandana and as aspect of the devotional service? The prayers, just like yesterday we pointed out, the prayer, or was it this morning? The prayers of Akrura. Huh? how the prayers of akrura is giving us the understanding of who krishna is and how to become his devotee so with that spirit we have to and different prayers i mean mainly the prayers about the supreme personality of godhead simply enables us to understand him better or appreciate him better because they, with their elevated consciousness, are glorifying the Supreme Personality of Godhead. Ah. And those glorifications are factual, they are not flattery. They are factual glorification. So meditating on those glorification through those prayers, we actually benefit by understanding and appreciating the Supreme Lord.